Hello, hello, welcome to this episode of Onside Punt. We got the week nine preview, but we've got a lot to unpack. Um, the carousel has started up. The trades have ended. We have so much news to get through. So many updates to give you. Cad, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm, I'm overwhelmed and excited because it's it's getting to that part of the season where things are actually shifting based on how these teams are going. And there's so many changes and just big news dropped yesterday. And I'm, oh, it's a lot to get through. I forgot to introduce myself. That's how nervous I am about getting into this episode. Who, who are you? Yeah, I'm homie. And, and, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm new to the NFL because this week has reset everything. And we now know nothing about yeah, any of these Yeah, we're all teams. new to the NFL at yeah. this point. <laughs> so welcome along. Uh, we're going to try to unpack it. It's a big episode. So hold on as long as you can. And, Cad, should we dive off? There was a game on Tuesday. Yes, there was a game on Tuesday. Let's kick right into that one now. It was the Lions rookie show on Tuesday, homie, when they (laughs) took down the Raiders 26-14. to But as we know, it spelled a a bit of doom. Oh, it was a catalyst. It was a catalyst. (laughs) I... um, We probably... The most notable thing was a bit of frustration out of the wide receiver in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams, superstar, and... Notably, did Jimmy G actually play this game, Cat? Yeah, if you look at the stats, you'd assume he didn't. Um, it was just wild because Devontae Adams comes out. He gets overthrown by Jimmy G multiple times. He could have ended up with 180 mm. yards and like two touchdowns. But he finished the game with one singular reception and 11 yards. Uh, it's just so painful for everyone because it's what we've all been talking about. You're ruining Devontae's season here. Yeah, and for everyone who doesn't know, he's a generational player. He is one mm-hmm. of the best, maybe one of the best of all time, if he can get a quarterback that throws to him. So Yeah, he's gone from Aaron Rodgers in his yep. MVP prime to Carr that wasn't too bad for a season, but they get rid of him, they put Jimmy G in, and Jimmy Garoppolo, he just recovered from spinal surgery. Yeah. And was- he was sacked six times. And even when he was on his own play, he ran in and went in for like a tackle back first. Like he somehow yeah, <laughs> moved his spine not into position. <laughs> uh, it, he threw a league high nine receptions. Like it was just a disaster for the Raiders. Um, I do quickly want to talk about the Lions before we get to the grim news. Oh, all the, the great news, really. Let's were, be honest. There was news out of the Lions. <laughs> I, I missed it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say like, I was watching the Lions. It's just great to see them in a position where they've, they've got like a stable quarterback uh, and, you know, with injury luck, he's going to play the next few years. Their wide receiver, they've got a star in Armand Ra St. Brown. They've got depth in that position. They've got these great running back options and the defense is strong. It's just they've put it all together and this is halfway through the season. We're just on the halfway point. Even if they don't get it done this season, we're going to see growth for the next two and it's a really good position for them to be in. Yeah, most definitely. Jameer Gibbs had a great game. He looked blinder, the yeah. breakout game that yeah, he looked, fantasy owners have been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, he's looking the solid, but they, they look like a solid team that you can rely on moving forward. Mm-hmm. It, they're not going to be that flash in the pan team. I think you can hang your hat on them for a couple of seasons, and probably they're opening up that window. I think for them. So yeah, hundred percent, and and that's exciting. But now that that's out of the way, right, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. What happened as a result of this game just uh, on Wednesday afternoon for us, homie? 
the coaching carousel has started up. Mm-hmm. And the first victim is Raiders coach Josh McDaniels. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs> As your beautiful post told me. Um, and he took the GM with him. Took so. the GM with him. A full clean-out by uh, mm. owner Mark Davis, which um, everyone is saying is overdue. I think the record I saw, and it might not be exact numbers, but I think he ends his see, uh, his tenure with the Raiders at like nine and nine wins and 17 losses or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it has not been a good relationship, this one. They have, it is, I'm surprised it went this long with, mm. with the nature of the NFL. It's, and I think the Raiders fans are probably... Have been feeling this way as well. It has not been a lovely journey for them. Uh, I think they're better for the clean out. Yeah, and and that's how they feel. It's like we'd rather have a fresh slate and suck for the rest of the season. That's fine. We'll put this one in the bin. We'll talk about it later. But they've got an interim uh, head coach, which is, I believe, their linebackers coach. Yeah. He's yeah. been elevated just for the moment. Um, and some news at quarterback as well, homie. Yes, so Jimmy G will not be playing Aiden O'Connell will be the starter this coming week. We think this is a good move. We we liked what he did in preseason. Yeah, um, and I think everyone's been calling for it, especially like he got injured early in the season, so he couldn't yeah. play back up when Jimmy G was injured. Brian Hoyer was in then. He gave us enough to look at to put him away. And look, this is the right decision. Put your coaches aside. Put your quarterback who's injured and troubled aside. Let's just grow your, grow your youth, blood him. And uh, yeah. get him involved in the game. It's like we said a couple, maybe last week or a couple weeks ago. It's like this team has no identity, and it's like they're just they're just waffling along. Like no, mm. not up, not down. Like do one or the other, bleed the youth, or like mm. go on the run with the veterans and try and win a win a win a Super Bowl. But they were doing nothing. This is the right move. Clean it out now. Be the first means you get to pick the coach first too. So that's yeah, that is. is true. Yeah. So get going. And then, yeah, give us something to look at. A little mid-season shake-up. We like it. Yeah. Oh, we like it. But I guess, homie, with all that happening, which I'm sure we'll keep you guys updated, there is probably some more coaching things happening. We're seeing minor coaches, like specialty groups, like running back coaches have already Mm. been gone from the Bears and things like that. This will start to get cooking, everyone. And we call it the carousel because... There's only so many coaches and experience here and they all jump on this carousel, they go around the merry-go-round and then they all get smattered around in different teams. So we will keep you up to date. Uh, I don't know who'd be picking up Josh McDaniels, to be very honest. But I don't think he, I don't think he got back on the carousel. Okay, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, think he, I think he ran out of tickets, I think. I think. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Into what we thought was going to be the leading headline in big news of this episode before the coaching mm. scandal trade firing happened. We've got the trade deadline that occurred in on Halloween in the States, homie, and a lot of news to come out of this one. I believe the most trades since, was it 2000, 1999? Which was uh, 1990, I believe. It was the second most wow. trade since 1990. Um, but it was strange. It wasn't the players we thought were coming. Um, it wasn't the big headline. No, right? no. But it was sort of, um, it's a mixed bag, but it's a it's a good bag of players. And we saw some teams probably telling us where they think they are at. Um, a couple of surprises, probably your most notable, what do you reckon, kick off with what the Commanders did? 
Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. And I think good point you've said there as well. This this is a realisation from teams who say, we're doing really well, let's add. Mm-hmm. Let's add, let's bring in more to kind of bulk us up for the playoffs and give us the best shot. And other teams are saying, yeah, this isn't the year. Yeah. Let's split it up. Let's focus on the future. For a lot of these trades aren't for other players. They are for draft picks uh, for the next two years. So that's what's going to put them in a position there. Yeah, and it, this is a good example here. So the 49ers, which everyone must be so cranky about, have gone and got <laughs> defensive end Chase Young from the Commanders for a third-round pick. It, we, it's an incredible move here. We, we spoke about this. as like We didn't think they had the room to get anyone, and they've gone and done it again. <laughs> they do it every year, and everyone must hate them for it. But And, and they've practically done it for free, homie. It was just something I wasn't really aware of, but... Mm. Um, Clever. Basically, if they don't re-sign Chase Young here at the end of the year, they can possibly just go get a compensatory pick, which is equal to a third-round pick. So they've traded the value of a third-round pick, effectively, for this guy, which is... It's it's just no cost to the 49ers, really, at all. Yeah, for them, and I think they had a pick from someone as well. Um, So it's like... They've really got this for free. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a great it's move by them. Um, can they hold him with their cap space? Probably not, but they're just... They're going to have a lot of issues this it's, season regardless. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a win-now situation for them. They're just topping up that depth that, you know, they're just adding to that and everyone else says, great, they've done it again. Yep, they fill a gap next to Nick Bosa, <laughs> yep. which was just rude to fill because they've got so much strength um, up front in their defensive line. Shanahan's theory is, you know, defense starts from the front and they've never hesitated in this position, as you can see from the strength of it. So deadly, even more, once again, scary, Mm. scary, scary. All done, Niners. Um, Moving on to the Vikings. We know they had a gap to fill. Who did they end up picking up, Kat? Joshua Dobbs from the Cardinals, who you may have seen filling in for Kyler Murray while he's been away. Um, look, very good timing to have a trade deadline approach when Kirk Cousins has gone down. You know, I don't know, homie, do you expect better production out of Dobbs now that he has an actual team around him? There was one thing I'm expecting, and it is now the Vikings will get my good energy tag. Because I, <laughs> I reckon is that... Josh Dobbs just I reckon it, I reckon it comes with Josh Dobbs because he is a start fast, hit him hard kind of kid. And I think uh, he's a great mix for them. I don't... It's really he's not going to play this week. Spoiler. Um, yeah, which is which yeah. is disappointing. Yeah, but he's done it before, Cad. He he's walked in walked into the Tennessee Titans December last year. Mm-hmm. Walked into the um, Cardinals when Murray went out, and he starts hot, plays hot. I think he could have. He's a he's the perfect player for them right now. Will he have more success? It's hard to know, Cad. <laughs> it's really hard to know. I, th- I, I think he's got better options here. Oh, the much Vikings, better. Much he's better. around a better team. And, you know, he can definitely get a couple wins. Um, maybe well, we'll see a cheeky well, question little run. for you. Question for you. Will he get more wins now? Like- <laughs> well, hmm. It's interesting. Their lineup, he's got opportunity to get a lot of wins here. Their toughest matchups, they almost have a double header or nearly a back-to-back against the Lions, which is a bit brutal. Too bad he's not playing against the Falcons this week. Otherwise, yeah. I would 100% put him forward for a, a, a debut kind of win with the new team, new energy, that type of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't mind him against the Bears or the or the Broncos even. So, 
It's a, it's, have to see. It, it gives them life anyway. So It does. Oh, and the Raiders. So God knows what's going to happen Ooh, over there. There is it's some hard matchups at the moment. There are some genuine <laughs> yes. hard matchups. All right. Let's move it over to the Lions here who picked up a wide receiver, homie. Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver here, uh, coming across from the Browns. I had forgotten his name. He has not been present. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great player, but I hadn't seen him rolling around. Now, this is a good pickup by the Lions here. Uh, I think this is the the problem is the Browns forgot that they, they mm. had him as well. Um, you know, he hasn't been dynamic or anything. They've barely kind of got the production out of him that they should be. Um but, you know, it's a low-cost kind of gamble here. Fifth-round pick, bit of depth at wide receiver for the Lions. They're just going to get some options here. Yeah. They're looking for a playoff run. It's not a... I don't think it's a huge win. I wouldn't grade it highly, but, you know, they're doing the moves that they think they need and what they're doing is working. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe there's a higher ceiling for Donovan. It, it just gives them that depth. They know they're, they're looking at playoffs. So, well done to them. Moving on... The Jags have done well here, Cad. I would grade this one well, picking up Ezra Cleveland, the guard from the Vikings, for a six-round pick. Yeah, it's it's a very clear one. It's the, they're they're adding. They know that they're doing mm. well here. They're going all right. We've got our franchise QB. We're going into the playoffs easily. Let's pad the protection for our QB, giving him as much time to hit the receivers. You know, Besides defense, you know, maybe a pass rusher, this is what they needed. They've got plenty of offensive options. Just give him more time to to connect with them. The Jags are quickly becoming the sleeper of 2023. We are not talking about them at the moment, and we probably should. So, Uh, I absolutely love watching the Jags play. I want to see them get into the... uh, conference final yes i, I think that's the that's the that's the benchmark for them yeah yeah that's yep. for me for them to to have improved they got through past the wild cards yes uh, last year so let's add another level to it probably the biggest news coming out of this trade period is i'm gonna struggle with the first name here Monty Mon- montez ah montez nah got me got me with the e montez, montez sweat it's <laughs> so, like i watch sweat all the time because the name it just kills me. So we're talking. I, about- did, I did hear a combination because Chase Young and him used to play. I've seen fans using a Young and Sweaty everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so really, yeah. that's a, it's a shame to break it up. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about uh, the defensive end from the Commanders has been traded to the Bears for a second round pick. Now this is a big move for the Bears. And it tells you a lot about what they're looking to do. They've really shored things up in this period. They're getting ready for the draft pick. They know what they can do with their picks. So, Well, the commanders, that's yeah, that's where they want to build from. And a second rounder from the Bears, that's going to be number one, number two pick in the draft, like in the second round. It's a huge call. Yeah, I think this is more value to the Bears than the, the commanders. I, I see they, it tells you that the commanders don't think they're doing anything this season. It's no, a, oh, they 100% don't. They're building, That's their new GM is going to get very involved here. And this is this is the cost of putting two big contracts in place. So Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen. So they've, put the, they've got no space. If they don't get rid of him now, they're going to lose him for as a free agent and they're going to probably not even get any compensation for it. So it's like yeah. they've chosen to go now. It's probably a smart move, but it does tell us that they think... <laughs> 
they're out of the window this season. So, yep, they're, I think they're in the build. Um, funnily enough, the GM who runs the 76ers in Philly just traded a massive NBA player. Uh, oh, really? On the same night. Yeah, I think it was Anthony Davis. Um, traded him on the same night. He's going to get very involved here. They're building it from ground zero. Um, it's exciting. I think there's new stadium plans. Hopefully a new name, homie. Mm. <laughs> but the the commanders, are they're going to start from probably next draft and, and just keep going from there. So good move here for the Bears. They are the opposite of uh, quarterback pressure. Right yes. On the bottom of the they ladder. could take anything right now. And it's yes. a good signing for them. So uh, very, very good to, to see some pressure there. Doesn't fix much on the Bears, though. That's just one small element where, you know, the best teams have at least two of these guys. Um, we'll, we'll see how it impacts them quite quickly. Then we've got Leonard Williams, the defensive linesman, who's gone from the Giants over to the Seahawks for a second-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick, homie. What do you see this move doing for the Seahawks? It's a smart move for the Seahawks because they're basically the Giants need money and they've just <laughs> yes. taken him to pay pay some bills, basically. So they've just... It's really... The picks are nothing here. It's more about taking him... Like, they've got to shore things up for... Like, Carroll has been watching him for a while. What is he, 11... He's had 11 sacks in the last yep. few years, I think it was, or since 2020. He's a good, solid player, which shore things up for Seattle, but... They've got him for change because the Giants, they need to clear somebody up. They've uh, yeah. they've overspent the boys. So Yeah, they, they they made a really... The last GM made this signing of Williams and then just kind of bailed. And everyone thought, what the hell is this deal? Yeah, it was, it's a, what was it? 63... Million over, dollar extension. Yeah, over four three years. years. Or, three or four three years. years. And I think yeah. they've got a they've got a 10 mil to give him for the rest of this season. So I think... Uh, I think Seattle's just covering a bit of that money. So they're paying like six hundred k. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, it feels cheap, right? It, it, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, as you said, Carroll's got a college connection with this guy. It's a veteran to put on the defense, um, and putting him there. People said, "Oh no, the 49ers were super worried, and this is what pushed them to make their trade," because the Seahawks sit on top of the 49ers right mm. now. I don't really, I don't know how much I, I buy, buy into, into that. that. I don't think the 49ers are that concerned about the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, but if they are, and then they got <laughs> Leonard Williams, it, it just doesn't stack up to me. No, no, they're in a different different ballpark here. But uh, And then to round out the picks, uh, Russell Douglas, cornerback. Bills picked him up from the Packers, obviously plugging a hole here from Traverse. Yeah. Davius Davius White after he had a season ending injury. Good move here by the Bills because they need that option. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And and not technically a trade to wrap it, but the Bills did sign Leonard Fournette. The main name might be familiar to NFL fans. Saw him play with the Bucks in the Tom Brady era. Uh, he was just a free agent. They've just picked him up. I don't really See, this is a huge move here, but I think Damian Pierce had a big injury um, for the Bills, and so they've basically gone for a bit of depth at that position. He'll start on the practice squad. We'll see where he pops up. But, yeah, out of the blue, totally forgot Leonard Fournette. I didn't quite like him at the end of his career for his production. He's getting a bit up there, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Good to see the running backs get a, get a play. Plug and holes. Plug and holes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Jeez, homie, we're, we're a bit into this episode and now we're getting to the headline games. <laughs> oh, is there games this week? Uh, so, yeah, there's uh, games this yeah, week. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we probably should talk about them, shouldn't we? Oh. Yeah, please. Would oh. you start us off with a big game that's uh, kicking off internationally? Well, we have a game in Frankfurt, Germany. Apparently, first, Ooh. I believe it's the first time ever, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't know what stadium they're playing at, but... You, I think usually it's in Munich. Is ah, that right? yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. I was like, why is it? I'm like, I'm sure they've played there before, but first time in Frankfurt. So, I wonder what surface they're playing on. That is a question I do want to answer, but I'm assuming it will be turf. Um, but we have the Dolphins versus the Chiefs in an absolute Ooh, yeah. blockbuster. Why can't we get this game in Australia? Like, bring no, it. I don't know. Right. And that's I was thinking. How lucky are German fans? Yeah, you know, usually every year in England they've had the Jags, who have only been exciting for about the last maybe one and a half seasons, and they get the Dolphins versus Chiefs. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, it's a, Do they even know this is a blockbuster game? Like, I guarantee, it, if there's a game in Australia, we get the Texans versus Bears. I, I'm yeah, just sure. I'll still, it. I'll still take it. But. I'll still go. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to be happy but, about it. <laughs> uh, but where's one head? Uh, the one storyline I'm looking at here, Kat? We've got a revenge game. Tyreek Hill goes back up against <laughs> his old team, the Chiefs. And I think he will be trolling them this week, Kat. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this game. We've got, we've got two teams that are basically... We see we're a stumble from the Chiefs last week. But our expectation is we don't see two losses in a row, right? Like that's our expectation no. with the Chiefs. But they come up against the Dolphins' offense, which was tested against the Philly and disappointed me. Mm-hmm. But this one's a slightly different game. I see two quarterbacks that will bite off more than they should. Will this be an offensive, like, bang or bust kind of game? Well, Patrick... Are you think it's like, like a one-sided game or it's either going to be high scoring or nothing? I'm just thinking both quarterbacks will go glory or nothing. It's like, <laughs> we'll be just looking at the end zone. No no short passes, no little chump change. It's just going to be blockbuster, big balls, down the field, end zone. I don't know. I've just it, got this it's feeling. It's a tough call here. I, I always, you know, when you think of Chiefs winning big games, the things I think of is Patrick Mahomes running out to the sideline, doing that little... Spin move and a dump pass, yeah. you know, just that freaky stuff that he's able to pull off. I just don't know if Tua does that as much because, like his his highlight moments come in these crazy deep balls. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the play. That's a different way of doing it. Yeah, know? but that's what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. It's just, that's the game we're going to see, and I, and if that is the game, I I'm going to push towards the Dolphins because it's like Tyreek Hill is quick, like it's like. Do the Chiefs struggled last week with their coverage? They were not. I think they gave up like thirty five percent, seventy five percent to wide receivers. Like they were not. Mm. They were not healthy. Uh, they, They've got a lot to cover with the Dolphins. As yeah, they're Dolphins playing a different there. team. They ain't the Broncos. This is this is the Speedy Gonzalez <laughs> Miami Dolphins here. <laughs> like, they're going to have ten meters on them before they even notice he's on the field. So I don't know. This is an exciting game. I really, I, it's another test for Miami. Have they learnt from the loss to Philly? Mm-hmm. Can they knock off a big team? Kat? What was the lesson there for the Chiefs? So just hit, hit Travis. Why aren't you hitting Travis? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what I've picked up from the um, Chiefs. Like it's Travis Kelsey or nothing at the moment. 
they're young. Like, we haven't got Juju Smith like we saw last year where they were, you know, that consistent secondary sort of wide out, you know, that got that, got the, not the easy ball, but that, just that chop out, you know, that. Yeah, we have the a, second down, the first second down on that. Yeah, play, Just yeah. to move them up the field. Yep. I don't see that for, I think they're a bit young in, in sort of experience with this team. And I think we need to see a little bit more from them um, personally. So, yeah, that's that's all I'm seeing at the moment. Like, obviously, Patrick's incredible. The coach is incredible. They've got some mm. great talent on there, but it just does seem to come down to Kelsey, and maybe that's because he's in the headlines so much at the moment. But the Dolphins look more well-rounded. They're just not experienced enough in big games. Um, so I'm I'm going to go with the Dolphins here, I think, as well. Um, but who knows? That jet lag, homie. Oh, <laughs> It'll I, get you. <laughs> I do want to also check what, what day outing they have before the game because I know... Um, Mick Daniels is telling his team they're going to take them on an adventure. So I want to know. <laughs> I know but it wasn't an excursion. Excursion. On an excursion. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know what the school excursion was because if they might uh, just just to balance out what might happen, see if they're going to be good or bad boys for the, the week Horrifying. ahead. I'm sure they'll be all right. <laughs> all eyes on Tyreek Hill, though. He's going to light That's this it. one up. Moving on to. The first and second places in the NFC East going head-to-head this week, homie, with the Eagles versus the Cowboys in Philly. Mm. As it currently says, this is a preview we could see in the playoffs come January. These games that we're previewing, it does feel like finals time, right? Playoffs time. Yeah. yeah like it is. If we're halfway through, they're giving us a little mini show. This is a mini taste, though, isn't it? And this one is the matchup. Classic rivalry here, too. It's a good game. It's a like. Can the Cowboys do it though? It's, it's when it comes down to winning this game for the Cowboys. I think they've got to focus on AJ Brown. Now we've highlighted him in the past, but Trayvon Diggs, their star cornerback for the Cowboys, responsible for covering wide receivers, he's out. He underwent uh, surgery on his ACL last week. And the bulk of the work comes down to Stephon Gilmore and Darren Bland. And it's a massive job they've got in front of them. Now, we mentioned AJ last week, Holmey, but why do you think he's so dominant as a receiver? Or why is he so difficult to cover at the moment? Oh, it's his, it's his size and his versatility. He's not, your, he's not like a Tyreek Hill who's just speed. He's a, I don't know how tall he is. He must be 6-something, six 6'4", six maybe. But he's a big body. He can take you to the... He could take you all the way to the end zone and get it over the back, but he can also just hold you one on one. If you get him one on one, watch him one on one with someone. He will, he will always get the ball. He is a freak like that. Yeah. He is he's an unbelievable talent. If Tyreek Hill wasn't having the season he is, we'd all just be talking about AJ Brown. He's he's their workhorse as well. Like he's their main target as well. If if the game's on the line, they're going to hit him, and he never yeah. lets you down. Like he's an incredible player. I think you're, that that separation he gets, but that, it's like the extra effort when yeah. he's one-on-one and to to receive under pressure. He can have two guys climbing all over him and he's, he still somehow manages to come down He's covered with this most ball. of the time. He is covered. Like, it, it's not separation fully. It is, he's got bodies around him. Incredible talent. Incredible. Mm. And unlike Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins, I think the Eagles still are just quietly doing it. I don't know why I see them as this little working force team that are just cracking through. But, no, they are. Uh, they are. Yeah, they are. Uh, when I look at the, the secondary of these Cowboys, though, look, they struggled covering the 49ers receivers core, which is kind of the best comparison we have here. Um, and despite being, you know, five and two, 
the games they've won aren't against juggernauts that are, are putting to the te- putting them to the test and and just like the Eagles can um like they did with the Dolphins a bit of a yardstick here when they are easy beats the Cowboys offense can put 30 points on them met with the Eagles I'm just not sure how much uh pressure that they can take and, and how they're going to measure up I think it's going to be a tight one homie I think if the Cowboys offense shows up it can be a really close game um both teams haven't lost a game at home this year, and I think that streak will continue for the Eagles in Philly with a W. I'll head with you here. I think Dak will need time, but Philly won't allow it, and that pressure rating will just be off the chain. It'll be hard. I do really want to see Cowboys perform in these big games. I want to see. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see them. It'll be a one-score game. We we most likely. Uh, Actually, yeah, if the Cowboys are off and rolling, it very much could be. Let's just hope for a blockbuster. I really, I will be sitting with Philly, but in essence, I, I really just want this to be a, a massive yeah. game. So, yeah, hundred percent. I think you can take a gamble, and as we'll talk about in the in the, the spread, the rest of the games are going to go through. You can almost coin flip most of these games. Yeah, well, so <laughs> my sister, her strategy so far this season has been to flip a coin, and <laughs> I, I think um, this week is. I think I might be following it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, we're moving on. All right, we've got the Bills versus the Bengals here. This is a great matchup. This is... You can't ask for a better week of um, some matchups here. We've got Jamar Chase versus Stefan Diggs. We've got Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Mixon versus Cox. Cook? Nah, we don't care about running backs. There's only only two matchups we care about. Let's not talk about the running backs. Yeah, because they're not going to matter in this game because it is going to be those combinations between quarterback and wide receiver. It will decide the game. But we're going to take a step back to last season, Cad. So we probably don't remember this was the unfinished game of last season. So Yeah, with uh, DeMar Hamlin going down. Yeah, uh, and they had to conclude the game. Um, back then, though, I thought the Bills were much more measurable to the Bengals at that time than they have been this season. Yeah, but they're probably meeting each other at the right time. Obviously, Bills are a bit banged up defensively, and Cincinnati is churning. Like we're mm, we're seeing, starting to starting to roll. Yeah, so we're gonna. I think we're they're meeting at the perfect level at this. Like it's an even matchup for me here. I just think it's gonna be. That, those two combinations, Burrow, Chase, Allen, Dix. Who will be better wins the game. I'm excited. But I remember vaguely last year before Hamlin went down, um, Cincinnati starts red hot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to happen again. Uh, this is my, well. We know that the Bills' biggest issue is they can't start. They start warm. <laughs> I just say so. It's like this vagrant memory of like I'm just like this is the only reason I'm sitting with the Bengals over the the Buffalo Bills. It's like knowing that they're going to start and the Bills have to try and fight back. And it's like mm. with the with their depleted defense, I'm like mm, I feel like that. I feel that gives the balance to Cincinnati. You know. I, I I couldn't even... I was looking at this game. I couldn't even think about the Bills. After seeing the Bengals play, how they've been playing, they've come off like they're almost a clean break from into the bye week, out of the bye week. The Bills are just... Even when they win, 
it looks kind of hard. Uh, yeah, it does. Really struggling it, there. Yeah, they are working hard at the moment, aren't they? Like, it, it doesn't look easy for him. Uh, I've, I've got to go to the Bengals here. Like, it's just, it just looks good, and we're all happy to see them back. Yeah, it's nice. Welcome back. Welcome back, Bengals. Stay there, though. All right. Last one of the headline games. We've got the Seahawks versus Ravens. Uh, two teams, both at the top of their separate divisions, and... We thought, homie, is a bit of an underrated matchup amongst the, the top teams. I know we've got a lot of blockbusters mm. coming, but uh, what interested you about this game in particular, do you think, you know, between a Seahawks and Ravens matchup? Well, you sort of look at it and say, it's a different style of game to me. It's like, it's going to be dis- defensive driven and it's going to be what offense can produce better. So I'm more excited to see what each offense can produce as a measuring stick here because it's like, I, I am confident in both of these defenses at the moment. Very confident. Yeah, and that's where I yeah. think this game's going to be, be played out in the end. But you mentioned the offense. Like, we talk about it. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is back to playing mm. almost near his MVP levels. Uh, Gus Edwards, their running back, he's had a great two weeks proving to be a threat. Um, there was this disparity in the past two games, though, Homie, I wanted to talk about. Where against the Lions, the Ravens used every single element of their offense. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. Gus Edwards and Justice Hill were running really well. Um, They used nine different receivers in the passing game, which is crazy. No other team's really utilizing them for more than... They they all had about 30 to 40 yards. Yep. And, of course, Lamar himself running that threat as well. Um, Now, last week, we didn't see much of that receiving side. We saw three touchdowns from Gus Edwards. So a bit of running from Lamar, but the receivers didn't get it as much... I'm excited to see if the Ravens can can imitate that diversity on their offense in the Lions game because if they do that, they create this triple threat that it's going to be like they're going to be feared in the playoffs if they can actually hold it together like that. The problem, and I want to see that all together again to be like holy hell because it's going to jump from like okay you did it once to like you're going to take it to the playoffs. The thing is, we thought we thought the Ravens were going to a more balanced run throw game yes yeah. they aren't statistically no. they aren't like I've, i did some research and they are still heavily run based and it's yes uh, yeah lamar lamar yeah. said oh, they tricked us this they year. tricked us yeah. uh, I, I don't think i think there's an episode where you and i were like yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think they threw to odell beckham and we were like yeah they've worked it out and it's like no the stats no. do not tell no. me this there's, there's it, something instinctual in lamar as well that he's just going like well, yeah. if they're coming, of course I'm going to run it. I'm, I trust me more than I trust them. And we were sort of, you were, we were sort of talking about, you know, this point spread against the Cardinals for the Ravens last week, saying mm. you're like, but they didn't blow them away, and it's like, yeah, because they didn't. They got out in front, and they just, they were like, eh, we'll just run it. Like they just didn't. They don't bother. <laughs> it's really. I, I just don't think that that's a like we talked about this, but I just don't think that that's a viable team thing to be like. Oh, let's just keep it within seven. That's fine. No, it's more that like... That's not it, how a team plays. Oh, they, I think the Ravens might be that team. <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> eh, you know, we'll play it how it is in front of us. But they, yeah. there's a stat... You should play to win, Ravens, by yeah. a lot. <laughs> there's a stat coming out of this matchup that I, it's going to... This is the one for me. Uh, the Seahawks like to give up 5.3 yards per carry to quarterbacks. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Whoops! Whoops! Yeah, the same. gonna fix that up that real way. quick for this game. So that's yeah, that's a real problem. 
Uh, I, you know, as well with the Seahawks, like, I don't see the offensive choices that they have. Like, I know, you know, without DK, they had the rookies pop up really strong. I think um, we've really enjoyed. Well. Yep. Yeah, Bobo. we've enjoyed watching them. Bobo. Um, the run game's been good. They do have a decent spread of receiving options. Um, the defense has been keeping their opposition uh, to 20 points or under for the past five weeks. Yeah, so really that solid. is a positive. Um, and it, it is. I, I think as we said at the top, I'm going to rely on the, on the strength of the defenses here. Um, but right now I think I favor the Ravens defense to step up and, and disrupt Geno and, and pressure him a fair amount. Um, I don't know. I can see why people view this as a tight matchup. But if the Ravens play at their best, I think they can blow out this game. Yeah, mate. And they've got Justin Tucker, just to put in a nice oh, little 60, yeah. 60 yarder at the you, end of the game. You know, you know, if it's a grind, they just go to the kicker. So, go to the kicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we push it on fourth? No, let's just kick it from kick the it. 50 yard line. Yeah. Oh, we're at our 80. Kick it. Kick it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what do you think on this, homie? Have you, have you made a choice? Oh, yeah, I'm sitting comfortably with the Ravens. Uh, the Seahawks need to do more for me before I could expect an upset like this. Doesn't not many. It's not going to happen. But I'll sit with the Ravens and see what these two offenses can produce against really strong defenses. So let's see what they can put up. All right, now to the roundup with the rest of the games of the week. All right, Cad, get the coin out. <laughs> start flipping It is a bad matchups here But where are you going to start us off? What do we got? Alright, we're starting off with the Titans versus Steelers Which I believe is the first game of the week Kenny Pickett, starting QB for the Steelers Said he will 100% be back uh, against the Titans This week in Pittsburgh This Steelers team, homie Unreadable Let me give you a little history They lose to the Texans 30-6 to but they beat the Ravens 17 to 10. They beat the Browns 26 to 22, but then they lose to the Jags 20 to 10. The NFL scriptwriters are just teasing us with this will they won't they win <laughs> kind oh. of narrative and it is frustrating and I'll be very honest I have no idea how to call this team um as we've said, you know, there's problems with this offense. Uh 24 points is the most that they've scored. Meanwhile, the Titans had Will Levis last week with his debut throwing four touchdowns, and he scored 28 points. With the Steelers in picket, they've only outscored that once, and it was in one game last season. They've only outscored that in the last season and a half. This game is killing me, Kat. Like, <laughs> killing me. And a little thing as well. I know um, Pickett is... Said he's playing. Mm-hmm. But the coaches said, we'll decide on the day. Like, this is... Yeah. Like, I don't think... Don't don't give out your own medical declaration. Yeah, especially... He, he was like, I'm 100% coming yeah. back. It's a rib injury, though, and... His ribs are... Saw it with yeah, Justin Herbert hard. last year. Mm. Yeah, you've got to be careful. You know, one sack, which the Steelers will let him get, and it, uh, can really cause some damage. And it makes it so hard to, uh, like, to analyze because we don't really know... What matchups are coming here? Saying that, I, I know the Titans put up a great performance last week and mm. Will Levis played really good. Mm-hmm. But the Falcons had the chance to win that game and were, oh, yeah. and were poor. Yeah. Will the, for me, I'm trying to say, 
is the Steelers going to be as poor as the Falcons were? And it's like, and then that's exactly right. It depends on the week. That's right. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like I want to be conf- I want to be confident with the Steelers. We like to trust. You know, it's like I want that Steelers, and it's like if they mm. turn up, they win this game. Excellent. They win this game. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. And and Will Levis is like. Great debut. This is what the NFL's like. You, you've got to keep it in mind as well. Like, I was talking to Dad about this on the phone last night about this game in particular mm. and was saying that, you know, yeah, Will Levis had an amazing rookie debut, but what that generally means is the next game he's going to get crunched yeah. <laughs> and get welcomed to the NFL. Tyson Bajan had the same thing with his debut with the Bears. Everyone got all excited. Maybe they found their boy a week later. Puts up 12 points, gets crunched. Yeah, um, and It's a shame, but... Get your coin out, homie. If you had to pick a side, and I'm not saying you're going to lock it in here because I think with a lot of this spread, we, we'll we'll find out. But it, it still is for me. And there's one name, TJ Watt. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the. Sorry, Will. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Mayo boy is going to get yeah. It, 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 I'll go with the Steelers and hope the right team turns up. I did write down in my notes. I'd rather be let down by Mayo Boy than Kenny Pickett because I've been hurt enough. Oh, <laughs> that is perfect. Knows? That is how you yeah. feel about the Steelers at that the moment. That is how I feel. Yeah, right that is beautiful. Oh, I should put that in a frame. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hurt enough, Alice. Is like, what the hell is this? <laughs> All right, talking about being hurt enough, let's move on to the Vikings versus Falcons. <laughs> oh, good segue. It is a good segue because it's another game. That we're going to flip the coin and wait really late, really late, mm-hmm. because we assume Jaron uh, Hall, the the rookie quarterback for the Vikings, will be playing. That's mm-hmm. what the coaches are saying. I'm still not trusting them. I, you know, it might be a quarter, and then Dobbs is in. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But the big announcement: the starting QB for the Falcons, Taylor Heineke. Mm, Desmond Ritter has been benched. I've been calling this one for a little while, Cad. Uh, <laughs> you have. <laughs> but I still want the coach gone. Uh, he confuses me. He's. I believe my headline for the start of the year is can't get rid of him, but yeah. <laughs> they did get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> the old concussion um, rears its head again. You know, it's like, as a QB, you don't want to give up the seat for a second, do you? And it's like... No, we've, not in a rookie, we, rookie kind of We era. saw it happen to Watson, and now we've seen it happen to Ritter. They're just going to use that concussion to be like, nah, we'll test something else here. Yeah, let's just rest him for a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers did the same thing with Mitch Trubisky, to be honest, but... Yeah. Yes. But it, it, it must be a feeling here of that the the coach is nervous. I, I think he wants consistency over X Factor. Like, I know Ritter's probably not your X Factor, but he's a bit more flary than Heineke, right? And it's like, Mm. I think the coach needs this win so bad that he's like, I cannot risk... He's looking at Josh McDaniels posting to to go home. And I think he might be thinking the same fate's coming to him. If he really does want consistency, use your running back consistently this is <laughs> use your star running back i was actually reviewing the game i mean previewing the game and i'm like what's the factor what's the factor oh Bijan robinson can, if they use him can we please see <laughs> Bijan? and they'll just light it up in this game like a you know a sad sack vikings and you've got mm. Bijan. surely he just lights it up and and we're done by half time but yeah, there's a lot of variables mm. here. You'd say the Vikings have a better team than the Falcons all round, but 
with this quarterback at the helm. We've never seen him play. We don't know if he is 100% going to play because there's always that risk of Dobbs being plugged in. Mm. If Dobbs is in, I'd back the fa- uh, the Vikings here, even if it's me, his first day with the team. Jordan, but, Jordan Addison is, is growing like nothing else. Mm. Four TDs in four games. Looking wow. really good. Like He's really uh, filled that gap since, um, since the big boy went out. So... Justin Jefferson. I really, I, I need to check actually. I'm not sure when he's due back. I think it would be playoffs. So yeah, they, 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 if they get, if there. they get there. <laughs> yeah. So that's the storyline there. But I'm going to sit with the Falcons for now. Okay. And check in late to see the final. I think check yeah. in late. That might be the advice of the show. Yeah. <laughs> check yeah. in late. All right. Moving on to the Bucks. Versus Texans at NRG Stadium. Home game for the Texans here. <laughs> it's another coin flip, homie. Oh. Both teams are three and four this season. Their offenses are inconsistent. Their defenses have been all right. And they've both beaten the Saints, which is, is a similarity, <laughs> but doesn't tell us much. <laughs> no, no, um, no, that's not a measure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Tampa Bay currently on a three-game losing streak, and we've seen some improvements from Baker against the Bills last week despite losing. They've only averaged 12.3 points per game while letting their opponents put on an average of 20 points in return. I think Houston's offense can put 20 on the boards on a good day. I'm not concerned about them scoring here, uh, but I do fear it's going to be close. I'll keep this one short. I think my brain says Texans, but my gut says Bucks. Um, I did put a note here. I heard some of our tippers are flipping coins, as we've noted, so I don't know. Do you have anything to sway you here on this one, Holmes? I sort of, like, the thing I picked up was, like I said in the review, I think teams might have worked out CJ, uh, CJ mm. Stroud, that is, from the Texans. They've sacked him three, 13 times in the last four losses. And they in the, the games they won, he only had two sacks. So mm. you put him to the ground, you're probably going to win. And um, that's my... That's my advice for the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think they can do it? Uh, I actually think, I actually think, I think I'm with you. My head, I'm actually thinking the Bucks. I honestly am. I kind of like it here. The uh, let's just throw out the due for a win line. Yeah, Cover good. The spread. Great, great. <laughs> yeah. Put that one. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah. They're due for a win. Yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> where we can throw out all analytics and just say, <laughs> I think my gut tells me that Baker Mayfield is going to turn up this week because he is due to turn up. He is due. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's fly the flag of the pirate for, for now, but again, <laughs> keep an eye on this game. All right. Let's go to one that we think might be easier to decide uh, Cardinals versus Browns. Browns. Not much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like I said, I'm I'm nervous now. The good energy might disappear from the from the Cardinals. From the Cards? I think it, oh, I think it might have been dubs. You're one nice thing to say about Yeah, this. I think it might have been dubs based. But I want to um, I want to wrote, I, because I'm going the Browns, I just thought I'll bring something else to this one. And it's like, mm. this is the coach's uh, quotes from the week uh, for the Cardinals about Dobbs. Completely confident in him. Completely confident. And then by Thursday, it was just watching the tape again, talking to the staff. Feels like it gives us the best chance to win as they say they're going to play the rookie quarterback. Yeah, as, and, they, bench, yeah. as they bench Dobbs. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm just feeling for the coach here. He must, he did, he did not see that trade coming. So, uh, and it, it 
Kyler Murray's not due back till next week, so I don't expect to see um, much yeah. from them. I did see the status. They're still kind of week to week. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully for the Cardinals fans, I guess he's back soon. I don't know if that's a silver mm. lining. It's just a lining at the end of the day. It's glad rap. We'll see what happens. Yep. Like, who knows? So your quarterback for this game for the Cardinals would be Clayton Tune. Clayton Tune. I thought the crowd would just be yelling out, Tune. Tune, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, Browns defense should get it done here. But uh, ugly game. Oh. Ugly, ugly, oh. ugly game. Yep. I, uh, I shan't be watching this one. <laughs> All right, Commanders versus Patriots hosting in New England at Foxborough. Now, we just saw, homie, the Commanders play the best game of the season against the Eagles, sadly come up with a loss. But on the back of that, they've just dropped their two best pass rushes uh, in the trade deadline. So there's no bite behind their their defense at the moment. Um, something that could have knocked Mac Jones around, but he won't be in as much strife this week. Uh Pats just faced their second loss to the Dolphins. Uh, they came off a big win two weeks ago to the Bills. I don't think they should certainly be discounted here. Um, they're currently favourites to win, actually, by a, a small margin, about equivalent to a field goal. Um, but the Commanders quite literally have played one great week mm. and then terrible next week, on and off, which would mean they are due, however, for a terrible game. But... I like what I saw from Sam Howell and the receivers on offense. I see more consistency from the commanders um, in them than the Pats. Maybe I'm an optimist here, but I think I am think I'm going the commanders despite the fact I can't trust them. Yeah, I'm also with you. My expectation is the commanders perform based on... But this is the problem with them. They perform well against really good... Te- they do the opposite to what... The yes. Cowboys do. They play amazing against awesome teams and then just go get knocked over by the by the lower teams. And the Pats have, what are they, 31st in the league for points. Um, mm-hmm. Points, what is it, 14.8 a game. Yeah. Like, oh, Commanders, you've got to win this game. Like, <laughs> Just get it done. <laughs> just, just please. Like, Sam Howe, play, play, play good when it matters. Like, I don't care if you lose to Philly, but beat the Pats. Like... Uh, you don't care as long as he puts on like two or three touchdowns because he's on your team. <laughs> well, he, he was in the loss last week. He still had like thirty points in. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, I didn't mind, but I was like, I still want to see them win because he'll probably get benched. <laughs> it, it, I think when we're looking at these games, homie, that I, I say optimist a lot, but it's like I'd rather root for a team to play their best than assume that they're going to go down. And I think that that does hurt me a little bit when I'm trying to pick these games, but. I just see more in the commanders than trying to see something in the Pats that I don't really believe is there. I think it's the right way to look at sport, though, because we are tra- well. That's what they're trying to achieve as well: consistently high performing. So the e- expectation is, can I pen this team every week? And that's what, yeah. that's the conversation for the Ravens at the moment. Have they become that team that we can depend on every week, like the Chiefs, mm. like Philly, like the Forty Nineers a little while ago? But it's like, that's the conversation. And this game, the roundup here, this is full of teams that we do not trust at the moment. So Yeah, because yeah, the teams we trust are all versing each other yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the top, of the top of the order. All right, let's move it on. All right, so you got homie. I got another hard one here. I got the Rams versus the Packers. Oh, mm. the Packers have been disappointing the last... Yeah, definitely on the downward, downward trend. Yeah, but they... 
they get a matchup here where it's good for them. Like the Rams aren't are in the same boat here. I need one of these two teams to decide which way their season's going. So uh, Jordan Love, you've been disappointing for the last few weeks. I, I'm pretty sure they hardly even score in the first half now, but it makes it really hard to win a game. But little note here, I'm not sure if Matt Stafford is playing. Uh, he had that thumb injury out of the loss to the Cowboys. Brett Raiden. Ra- Ripian. Ridian? Ripian, yeah. Ripian? Ripian. Ripian. I think, yeah. Don't know a lot about him. Um to tell you the truth, but we'll be watching to conf- see who they confirm. If Matt Stafford is playing, I favor the Rams here, purely just on their offensive capabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, yeah, and that, I don't know what Brett... Well, Brett is a linchpin to that. Can he get to Cup? Can he get to Puga? The, the, um, the way I decided this one is, like, think about, try and think about who Jordan Love will throw to. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. like what Christian can, Watson. That's, that's him. That's him, right? <laughs> yeah. But have we heard his name this season? No, because no. he's been overthrowing. He's been underthrowing. We barely even talked about the Packers this season yeah. in any positive light. Um, I think all the positivity from them came early in the season. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I, You know, you want the team that's going to play its best and you hope that's the Rams. Uh, interesting one. Yeah. So I'll sit with the Rams for now, but... One of these two teams, they need to decide quickly if they're they're doing anything this season. So, all right, hosting the Colts this week in Carolina, the Panthers are coming off their first win of the season, Ooh-hoo. homie. But did this game show us that the Panthers had improved or changed things to become a winning team? That's where I, my critique on the Texans is coming from because it's uh, everyone else is slaughtered. The Panthers this season, yeah, and you yeah. and you let and them, you lost, and you let them beat you with a field goal. Like at the end, it's like mm, mm. shame on you, Texans. Shame on you. Yeah, I, the, the Panthers. I don't think they've shown us anything there that it's makes it's think it's you're it's incremental it. improvement. It's like it yeah. is. It's small. We're happy for them. I don't think it's a trend that they're going to just bust through some glass ceiling. They are still the Panthers. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the Colts in this matchup. Gardner Minshew's managing to, to lead a decently scoring offense, um, throwing two past, uh, passing touchdowns in the, both of the last two games. The running offense has been effective, uh, and the passing game has a, a spread of receivers. I really want to see the, the Colts put an easy 25 on the board here. They seemingly, when they're neck and neck with another team, they put it up to the past the 30s. 38. Yeah, 38. They don't really need to do that here with the Panthers, but, you know, Keep going. Score, 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 score. Go for it. Here's one for you, Cad. If um, if the Panthers score above 30 points, I'll I'll pick. Uh, you can pick what team I have to review next week. Okay. No, the, uh, yeah, uh, the game you have to watch. Yeah, yeah, the game I have to watch. Yeah. All right. That's a, that sounds good. That's a good little side one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, let's do that. Should write that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one, Holmes. All right, Giants versus the new Raiders. Uh, the new Raiders. Raiders of the lost that's, heart. That's what I'm calling them now. So, uh, Daniel Jones is expected back for the Giants. Mm-hmm. That is a good inclusion, I think. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be better. It has to be better. Um, we have a little rule, me and my AFL boys, and it's like never pick against the team that just sacked their coach. 
Yeah. And I'm feeling that's that's pretty much where I'm sitting with this game at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do think the Giants have been building some level of improvement. Like they have, they've left themselves without in, without Daniel Jones. Let's say that as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they have been keeping themselves in the last three games. They've been in the game. They should have won last week. I don't. They mm. might be a hangover from that because that is pretty dirty way to lose too. Um, really hard one to match up here. I've got no metrics to decide because they're both, let's just say, bottom of the barrel at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just literally sitting with the, because the coach got fired, pick that team because those boys are playing for their future. So, yeah, Aiden O'Connell's got it all on his shoulders here to come in and debut strong. Yeah, uh, I like the little mustache, man. I think it will be a, a again a dismal and messy. <laughs> Low barrel game. It could be. It could be another nine be, to thirteen type game here. It could. That's exactly what I, I'm seeing yeah. it as. Um, but you know, who knows? There's some some fresh blood in Aiden coming in. Devontae will be quickly going up, shaking his hand and saying, "Pick me, give me the ball, please." <laughs> so hopefully, I don't know what we see if if Devontae's going to play lower, um, get something across the middle. Jerka, that's Jerka. That's their sole game plan this week. It's like you hit. Devonte Adams all day. Yeah, hit him high early, push the defense up, there's, then go. Under there's basically the there's basically going to be two names in this game: um, Barclay for the Giants, yep, and Devonte for the Raiders. That's all you'll hear. Oh, and Jacoby. Jacoby's a good option. He's actually been their highest, like kind of producing receiver, uh, receiver consistently. I should have said uh, for the Raiders they are the only well. people that everyone's going to watch. Like it's well, that everyone's it, going to give a crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they are the names that are running around everything at the moment for those two teams. So, Absolutely. All right. Last one for me here, homie, is the Bears versus Saints. Uh, Tyson Bajant will be leading the Bears yet again as Justin Fields remains week to week. And Derek Carr of the Saints will be hoping to reprise that offensive effort that they put on last week, scoring 38. Um, I think, look, the Bears have this added bonus. They've got Montez Sweat now and... You know, the problem that Derek Carr and the Saints has is getting going. And if Montez, if he is playing this game, if he's getting transferred that quickly to come and disrupt Derek Carr, it can actually throw the Saints off quite a, a fair bit here. Um, but I'm not sure if it's enough to kind of turn this Bears around and, and get this offense moving. Uh, must win for the Saints. Yep. They're equal with the Falcons in the saddest division at four wins and four <laughs> losses. <laughs> we had high hopes. Oh, it hasn't gone oh. that way. Um, look, they need to take this opportunity. Keep ironing out those creases in their offense. Learn how to start strong. Uh, once again, homie, we're back in the Saints, I think. Yeah, it's pretty... I'm going, it's, do it again, Saints. Just do it again. Just like, do it again. Yeah, do it again. We're okay. Just do it again. I still just don't yeah. trust him. I still... Like, I saw them put it up and I, I just, just... What a yeah. terrible div all together. Like, yeah. them, the Falcons, the Bucks. You're killing me. You're killing me. Yeah, you think a tight div would be an exciting thing, yeah. but it really it's, is. It's, it's misery. It's, <laughs> their fans must be hating life at the moment. Just do it, please. They're like us oh, a little please. bit. Just pleading. Yeah. Come on, yeah. like be consistent, please. Uh, the Saints right. reproduce it. The Bears, yep. Now nah, you're you're going for draft picks. You're good. You're good. Okay, homie. We got a, the the boys right. are prime time again. All it's right, two weeks in a row. All right, and uh, it's a public holiday in Melbourne, so I will be watching this one Woo-hoo. live. And live. there's two. There's a matchup. There's only one matchup I really care about here. 
It's Justin Herbert versus the Jets' pass defense. <laughs> now, people are like, oh, that's, oh, that's lazy. That's very lazy. No, no, no. The Jets gave up minus nine net yards last week to the Giants. Minus nine in passing. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's incredible, right? Like, yes. They are, they are living off the back of defense. Their offense is pretty much numb and void here. I, I'm excited to see this matchup, really to see if Justin Herbert probably come off his best game of the season last week, Cad. Yeah, he did statistically the yep. Chargers and, and Herbert pop, popped out pretty well. Yep. Can we can we do it again against a top-level defense and just keep moving it along? Like, Yeah, it, it's going to be, you know, the headline will end up being Zach Wilson versus Justin Herbert, but it, it really ain't. comes down to that Jets defense. It, it's totally different. Um, I'm, you know, we, we've been hurt again multiple oh. times by our boys. Um <laughs> I'm going to go Chargers here, again, expecting them to play at their best. Uh, as they did last week, we did see a glimpse of it. Eckler producing again. Um, we do have a couple of options with you know the running game now. Even Kelly's getting a bit better, a bit better as well. Well, so, I wanted to... I've got a question. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's... Uh, yeah, of course. There's something I picked up from both of these two teams. Eckler and for the Chargers and Bryce Hall for the Jets. Are they wide receivers now? They are, Apparently. They're not running Apparently anymore. so. And so is Travis Etienne of the Jags, who took like a 40-yard reception yeah, uh, last week. Like, but he's at least doing some hit-ups. Like, mm-hmm. Bryce Hall got 50 yards receiving. I don't think he carried at all. It's like, And Eckler was... That was the same. Eckler yeah. carried because all of our wide receivers last year were out, and Eckler was our leading receiver. Yeah. And was what put him into the, the league's touchdown, top touchdown scorer. And it brings back that negotiation question. Don't pay us as running backs. Pay us as a, a dual position where well, that's we've what got they're, value. They're even talking about that for the cap space for the Chargers. And they're like, well, you don't need another wide receiver. Just take that money from just there. And, Chuck Eckler. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, that's where you get the cap space, right? But I just, hmm. it's, it's an interesting one to pick up here because it's like, they're probably the two teams doing it the most, but there has been a slight change in how... Isn't that funny, yeah. that transition? You've got a quarterbacks who... You want quarterbacks who run now, mm. and you want running backs who primarily can receive, yeah. um, as well as moving it up the field. It's an interesting play type. Well, that's the Hurt Locker done. That is... That yeah, was... that is... Wait, did you did you go charges? Oh, <laughs> you don't have to ask me that, Kat. It's, it's pen. <laughs> it's the only one I've penned in this week. <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> is the Browns. Oh, it's thirty two. I've actually officially pended. The rest are. Oh, what a sad, what a sad <laughs> block from you. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of locks. <laughs> uh, the bye teams this week: Jags, 49ers, Lions, Broncos. If you think we've missed them, we haven't. They're, they're having a breather. Yeah, they're having a we'll rest. See them again next week. Huge episode, homie. My lord. Shall we wrap it up? We better, because I think we need a nap now, because that was intense. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Onside Punt. Thank you, homie. Well done this week. Oh, thank you, Kat. That was a great app. God, there's a lot of stuff happening. But um, good luck out there, people. It is. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Get those coins flipping. Welcome to the NFL.